0: We're going to hop right into the question of the day. This week's question was, what are the lies that people tell about parenting? People answered on IG, whether with at Wake Up Warrior podcast or I am Joe McMiller, both platforms that I use. And here are today's answers. So we're going to start with what are the lies people tell about parenting that gets easier when they get older? Completely different kind of stress. This one I can attest to. When Ava was really little, I remember thinking, "Oh man, like it was stressful because the whole idea was just to keep her alive when she's an infant." And it honestly, I don't think enough parents talk about, it, it sucks. All you're doing is just making sure your kid is alive. Um they're not reciprocally fun. I'm sure they're having fun with you in some aspects and they they know that you're keeping them alive, but probably the most daunting time. And people did say like, "Oh, it's going to get easier." But it switches now that Ava's in middle school, you know, trying to keep up with the schedule, trying to make sure that she gets a lot of what she needs, but also what she wants. Uh, the stress does change a little bit. So I definitely associate with this one. And she's only 11. I can only imagine when she gets older what the next level of stress is going to be. I mean, I think it's probably looming with dating around the corner for sure. So very curious to see what the next level of stress is going to be. Uh, but still... The most fun thing uh, in my life, for sure. The next is, I'm a cynical asshole, but I think some people think that they have to be friends with their kids. I don't think you should purposefully antagonize them, but if you set good, healthy boundaries, if, if you're setting good, healthy boundaries upsets them, I think it's okay. Hmm... So I'm going to go ahead and say I really associate with this but also disagree at the very same time. I think with our friends and any relationship in our life, we should feel very comfortable setting very clear boundaries. I think not doing that is the reason why people end up in a lot of trouble because, oh, well, it's my best friend. Oh, because it's my mom. Oh, it's good. Setting clear boundaries, I think, is relationship across the board. So I think with your kids, it is definitely just as important. People really talk about this like you can't be your kid's best friend. I actually had a moment that I felt made me like I felt I was doing my job, but also my intent as a parent. And me and Ava were talking and she was talking about one of her teachers Her math teacher in particular, and was like, you know, honestly, dad, it kind of feels like me and you, not as great yet, but it feels like me and you. And I asked her what she meant. And she said, well, it's clear that she's a teacher. Like, I know you're my dad. And that comes with some things, but like, man, like, I think she's going to be a really good friend of mine. Like, me and you are really good friends. And it hit hard because it clearly stated that she understands that at the end of the day, I think we both understand that where I believe we're going to go, we're going to go, but that we also connect. And she sees me as a friend, right? So for me, big time is you have to understand you have a seat at the table, but I have the final word without saying that. I think we both feel that. And for me, it was super, it felt great because in the flip side, I know a lot of parents who like, you're not my friend. I'm not one of your little friends. And then they, when they become adults, they want to switch that on. Or when they have kids and, um, the parents are now grandparents, oh, we can be friends now. And it's like, no, we haven't developed a friendship. And now you just want to turn that on. I see both. And I'm not saying that this person's wrong. I just really agree, but also disagree on a high level. Uh, I'm big on like, I want my daughter to be my friend, but also just like in any relationship, I should be able to clear, set clear boundaries and something that a lot of parents don't want to hear. They should be able to set clear boundaries as well. Uh, probably a conversation for another time. Uh, what are the lies people tell about parenting? Oof. No one told me in the end, I would parent my parents An absolute privilege and also really hard. I'm not there yet. I don't want to be there, but I honestly see it sneaking in. Like, I feel with my mom, there were some conversations. I'm like, you could have just Googled that. But also, I do that with my daughter in some cases. So I do see that there is this shift of me going to her and her coming to me. Uh, I'm definitely not parenting my mom. My mom's an absolute savage and probably will be for a while. But I do start to see that shift where if I'm not keep, I feel like I have to keep up with her a little bit more than I ever have. Uh, but I, I can't imagine what it's like to feel like you're parenting your parent full time even or in that the later stages of life when you know, uh, or maybe feeling like the end is near. I don't, that is a tough one. That is, <laughs> uh, in the comments, please, if you're parenting your parent, tell me some of the things that you feel that you weren't ready for or didn't even think of. Uh, this is on YouTube, so check it out on YouTube and leave a comment there. Ooh, what are the lies people tell about parenting? That kids are the most important. Not so gotta fix ourselves first. So the word that sticks out to me most is fix trigger for me only because I don't think that any of us is broken. I do think that almost like Legos, we do need to put the pieces together sometimes. I think we all have what we need though. Uh and I do understand that a lot of us have been traumatized in ways and have been treated certain ways. I don't think that means that you are broken. Uh but if it was, I do believe in uh in parts of the Asian culture, what they talk about is mending things with gold, which ends up making it stronger than it was before. So I do feel you here that, you know, if we are not full ourselves, uh, I think the verse is, my cup runneth over, then it's really tough to give freely and fully to others. Even if our cup is three quarters of the way full, everything that we give, we feel subconsciously or consciously a little bit of resentment and regret for I have to give but when you're running over full you easily can give I do that's a big one I do especially I gotta say it I think for moms in particular moms get this bag where like they have to get not just to their kids to their husbands or their partners have to give everything like no you're still you were human before them you're gonna be a human with them and you're gonna be a human after them. So making sure that you take care of the star player is important. Thank you for putting that one out there. That's a big lie that we tell ourselves. Uh, oh, big lie that we're telling people. I'm sorry. What big lie that people tell about a lie people tell about parenting. Wow, get that out. They that we are messing our kids up. Implication being that they aren't resilient. Love that. Big time only because in a world where a kid can't do a ton, we've never had more access to information quickly, to location, to video, to, and we feel that the world is less safe. Now, we are definitely seeing more reports, but I'm not sure that those reports weren't there before. We just didn't have such access to media. So it's a gift and a curse. But I remember, and times are different. I don't think times really are that much different. I think our awareness of the possibility of things is significantly greater. And although it does help us be aware, sometimes we turn that awareness into fright. And we don't allow our kids to get into trouble. but. Uh, not just trouble, but into problems. Um, and not just messing up our kids in the emotional sense, but it's not physical, but independence. We don't allow them to make mistakes. And if they are fortunate enough to make mistakes with our guidance, um, I think we develop better humans overall with more critical thinking, with more just thinking. Because even if if we tell them, they don't learn. They don't know why, uh, especially if they're afraid to ask it. Um, mm, yeah, I don't think we're messing up our kids. Especially 20 years ago, I would have been triggered by this because I thought that my dad messed me up, but I realized that even though his parenting style wasn't what I wanted or felt that I needed, he was probably doing his best. And that's not on him to fix me. It is on me to realize that my choices are my own. Wow, this one hit. Well, well, I probably got, yeah, I'm going to move on because I probably have another like 20 minutes on that. Uh, What are the lies people tell about parenting? It's the best thing that ever happened to me. Of course it is, but there's a whole other side. And I think there's a second part of this. Like, can we discuss all the hardships and challenges that parenting brings? Uh, Wow. No, no, no. Definitely. So I do think there's this idea that, like, parenting has to be all like rainbows. Um, There's also another line of thinking, but uh that runs adjacent like oh my god parenting is so hard like feel bad for me because i have responsibilities but in the parenting is all rainbows field it's not and there are parts i i always reach out to my homies who have kids young and i'm like yo it's okay that it's trash like for me and i know some of my homies it was trash when all they did was poop and eat and like they didn't do anything i loved holding ava sleeping with her i loved so many parts of it but i couldn't wait till she was walking and talking and we could communicate right away uh i'm sorry we could communicate and get instant feedback there are parts of parenting that suck and not just when they're kids like for instance I'm really close to the space where Ava does not want to hold my hand walking into school. And although she should have her independence, and like I said earlier, she should be able to set that boundary as well, it sucks. It's it's challenging mentally, but I can't put my challenges on her, and that's something that sucks, because I want to be like, no, hold my hand, but like, no, like, she should be able to set that kind of boundary, and that's a small instance, but, you know, parenting's hard. Setting your, depending on your parenting style, setting up your schedule around this other person who doesn't add any financial value. Like some people think about it that way. Like you don't make any money and yet you make all the decisions. Uh, no, I definitely understand that. And if you're a parent out there who thinks that those people are being realistic about all the, and, and about how great it is. And you're sitting in a world where you're like, yo, know, like it's okay. And there's some great moments. But some of this is ass. Guess what? That's okay. It's all right. And to those... Like, I'll be honest. That's why I only had one. I will not... Oh, that I know of. And I will not go through that newborn phase ever again. Ever again. And it's, again, I'm only 11 years in. I'm sure that there are other challenges along the way. But it's okay that not everything is rainbows when it comes to parenting love that one welcome to the wake up warrior podcast hopefully we're going to learn we're going to grow we're going to think a little bit differently here and here on out um please check us out on you know youtube any podcasting platform subscribe hit that button follow hit that button leave comments do all of the things leave ratings yeah, I listen to too much shits and giggles. If you have ever heard their podcast, Tings is definitely from them. Uh, well, anyway, see how they've come inside the vortex. Uh, but today, though, we're going to have a little tough topic time. A little tough topic time. And uh, today's tough topic is whoopings, also known as ass whoopings for those who know the know. So I am not going to tell someone That they are a bad parent. Not going to do that. Uh, I will say that some, in my opinion, some humans are shitty humans. And if you're giving your kid ass whoopings, and I will have some caveats for that, I think you're a shitty human. Does that make you a bad parent? Not necessarily. Um, I think only you and your kid can kind of judge that. But as far as humans go... I'm, I don't know, especially, so I think there's obviously levels to anything. So let me start from the beginning. Uh I would say up until the two years of age, if you are physically manipulating your kid, physically, I would say conditioning, critiquing, controlling. If you are disciplining your kids physically after the years of, two years and on, right, when they can speak to you, they understand what you're saying, what's going on? What are you teaching your kid? Why are you still in that phase, especially with, like, 13, 15? Like, if they're in the teens, you're you're just taking swings at people at this point. But, um, yeah, I think it is a tough topic. It's one of those things where people kind of want to keep it private. But let's talk about that. Let's talk about why you're doing it. Let's talk about where you feel comfortable with it happening elsewhere, right? Because I don't think that those things happen at length, first step. Like, where else are you okay with that? Because every time I hear someone is beating their kids, or let's say spanking, right? Or it's always, oh, they're my kid. I can do that. But what are we teaching them for the world, right? So first off, what does a whooping actually teach you? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. All it does, it does give you a heightened sense of fear. And some people will say that that level of fear is good, right? But if I don't know why I'm doing something, I'm literally only avoiding it because of this pain. And most motivation comes from pain or pleasure. But as a community, right? Let's say your family is a community. What are you teaching your kids to be afraid of you? Which is not just you, it's also being afraid of authority in general. So when they're going to jobs, when they're going to, uh, when they're at school, they have this sense of blind authority for people who are in positions of power. It is proven culturally, if you look at what's called low power distance and high power distance cultures, those who believe more in authority speak less, right? When, when authority is received, perceived as higher on every, on on a traditional basis, those people who are subordinates speak up less, which is a great way, not a great way, but which is why in certain communities, in certain cultures, uh, Instances of sexual harassment, sexual assault, abuse is higher. Not something that we're thinking of, but something that is definitely part of the wiring of that type of. I don't want (laughs) that type of discipline. Right. Let's also talk about if you're a dad and you're hitting your daughter, especially again, like I do understand a. Tap here or a spank here when the kids are younger and they don't have the ability to speak makes sense. Something small, something that helps them understand, right? Like not to compare our kids to dogs, but like we, in some cases will physically manipulate dogs because they don't understand and they need that conditioning repetition. When your kids can understand, if they understand you, then they don't need that. But also what I was saying is if you're a dad and you're hitting your daughter, please take out the idea that no man should hit her, right? Because you're going to say it. And she might even believe it, but you've been beating her ass since she was able to remember it. And so you're going to tell her that men shouldn't beat their daughters, but you've been hitting her. Explain that, daddy. You can't. And then also in what other areas are we going to allow this to happen? Like, oh, so your teacher can because your teacher's in a position of power. And then it's like, oh, well, I'm their parent. You don't own your kids. You are responsible for them. You don't own your kids. Not in that, I'm like we're hopefully we are past that phase of life or our history, but you don't own your kids, right? And you wouldn't feel comfortable with a teacher doing it, but a teacher is supposed to be like, but that is what you're preparing them for, right? That's always what it comes to. Oh, well, in the real world, if I do it, then they'll be better behaved with XYZ. Listen, you're embarrassed, right? At the end of the day, you're embarrassed. Your values are not clear. Uh, in the army, This great quote that I've taken to parenthood is, if you have to use your rank to lead, then you're not a leader. Hmm. In parenting, if I have to say, well, I'm the parent, well, you should obey. Getting the job done doesn't mean getting the job done well. If your kid trusts you. Values your opinion, understands that most decisions are being made with love. You don't, I don't, I genuinely do not have to hit Ava at all. We talk about it. We have a conversation when I can give her an explanation, I do, but she knows when I'm not, there's a reason. And we've developed that culture over time. I don't have to hit her. Just like your boss doesn't have to hit you. And hopefully they aren't using that. Well, I'm the boss. And how do you feel when they do that? like shit, but also it does not increase your respect for them. And we are setting the tone for when they go out into the world, because n- do I love when Ava challenges me? No. But if I know if she does it with me, then she's going to be comfortable doing it with a teacher. She's also going to be comfortable doing it with a man or a woman who thinks that they're going to take advantage of her. Don't silence a voice just because... You don't want to take the time that it takes to develop the type of relationship that would be helpful because it is quick. Don't get me wrong. I Listen, i will be having my ass beat, and I will say that when I was younger, I got some ass whoopings. So I get that it works, but it also worked to keep me quiet. It also worked to make me lie because at the end of the day, I realized, oh, like, I'm gonna get an ass whooping anyway. So if I lie, I'm gonna get an ass whooping. But if I lie and don't get caught, I'm straight. Like I said, it doesn't build trust. It doesn't build community. It doesn't build an actual leadership role. Hmm. Your thoughts here in the comments on the tough topic today, ass whoopings, yay or nay. And I would love any explanations as to why uh why whatever. Obviously today. I was leaning heavy towards not, uh, but I would love to hear any comments on either way. Let's move on quickly to today's wellness tip. I did want to give a little love to just a quick and easy way to build up the core. People talk about core strength and mostly we're talking about abs, but I think one easy way to develop strength overall, to develop your core overall, is something that 90% of us can do, even if we can't get to the gym. So right now, you'll see. I don't know if I can manipulate this so we can see even better. But right now, like, I've got, like, the typical, like, oh, okay. You know, I'm just chilling. I'm sitting. Uh, Please check the YouTube uh, because you won't be able to see any of this, but I'll try and describe it as best as I can. So I'm leaning over forward, almost like I'm at a computer, and typing like most people would, right? So step one, what I would say is find the back of the chair, and sit upright as possible, right? So what we're doing here is we're 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 going to end up strengthening the spine and the muscles around it. So we're not strengthening the spine because the spine is a bone, but we're going to sit up nice and tall and we're going to naturally have to brace slightly, not crazy, naturally have to brace the muscles around the spine to sit up nice and straight, right? And you're going to notice that even this little correction is going to feel super uncomfortable act, especially after a while, but do your best to just sit up straight at your, your desk. And in the beginning, um, I wouldn't say to lean back and chill, but I would say to use the back of the chair, if you have one to kind of support you as well. And you're going to notice, even if you're sitting right now in the car or at a desk watching, you're going to notice like just supporting your spine is actually a little tough. And after For most of us, 45 seconds to 60 seconds, it's like you're going to want to come back into that depressed, right? Uh, shoulders and spine kind of coming down, but sitting up nice and tall, probably one of the easiest ways to strengthen the core. And then once you feel like you got that down pretty well, we're going to sit a little bit forward, take the support away and just sit up straight on our own. Um, so if you have a weak core, especially, Right, some of us naturally do this. Remember back in the day, like we need some etiquette classes. But remember back in the day, oh, sit up straight. Right, it wasn't. Well, it could have been just to look cool or to be presentable, but also a great way to. I, I would, I would go ahead and say that most people who have good posture, one probably have less back issues, and two have stronger overall cores. Now, why do we want a strong core, Joe? Well, it's not just. To, for the abs, at least for my community in the longevity world, it's really to support the spine, support the spine over time. Because when we're older, right, the bones, right, our bones start to ter- deteriorate. It's called osteoporosis. And the muscles around it are supposed to keep it up nice and strong. If those muscles have not been built, it's so much easier for the spine to deteriorate faster, right? Um, especially the, the spine is not naturally meant to be in that curved position. So if we start to put it the structure of the spine and the strength of the muscles around the spine and we start to improve those over time, then we will see improvements. And the goal also being to have that strength and stability, right? How many old people do you see constantly this when they're walking, right? Because uh, whether they had great posture or not, right? Over time, it's going to get weaker. The muscles get weak, and so do the bones as well. So easy way to improve our strength over time is that nice, especially in a world where we're sitting constantly. When we're walking, you can do the same thing. You get upright. When me and Ava are playing cards, I try and remind her and remind myself. We call each other out. I think that's super helpful. Um, But definitely today. Start doing that today if you can. And then I want to tell you about a product that I'm using that I absolutely love. It is my Yeti. Now, people make fun of me for my Yeti. I'm going to take a quick sip because I've been talking for too long. People make fun of me for my Yeti. And I'm not like affiliated with them, but I just love this product and want to bring you guys information that is funny, entertaining, but also super helpful. In the true society, we're about a gallon a day, and um, some people are already like, oh my god, Yetis are so expensive. I think expense and value are very interesting, and how you, and how you assess or, or view those things, important because this is easily the most expensive that I have seen on the market, uh, and if you know me, I am typically cheap. But uh, the value of it to me was exponential. First, the next leading product, the warranty on it, 90 days. This has a warranty of five years. Also, when reading the reviews, I'm not going to mention their names, but the other products that were close by, the seals broke, the uh, they leak they would keep cold but you know think parts of it wouldn't work outside of just losing it if anything happens to this in 5 years it is replaced also it's one of the only products that is um a full gallon so that was also hard to find and for me I'm big on utility And so first it is very easy to clean, obviously, because of the wide gap. And uh, my daughter has the, I think the 40 or the 42 ounce. That's also super easy to clean. Uh, Not many parts, but also like you can get your hand down in there. I've seen with smaller water bottles, I, it's, uh, I'm sure I'm cleaning them, but it irks me to not be able to really tell. Um, So cleaning's easy. The warranty I thought was great. And the ease of, I fill this up once and then just keep make sure I have it with me is so important for me. I didn't realize how important that was. But having the Yeti and just filling it up once, or with some of the smaller miles, I know a lot of people like the Stanley brand as well. I have not tried that brand. I love the Yeti because it's super cold. But I know some people get the, the like 30 ounce uh, Stanleys, and Yeti has a similar product as well. I also like the twist top on it so that it's actually closed. Um, I'm not big on the straw Because I feel like it's always like this is all over my car, uh, and I broke some other, mm, not as valuable models um, with warranties that were trash. Uh, So because I'm tough on it, and because I don't really like the whole straw thing, because yeah, it just feels like it's always touching things. (laughs) Um, I love the Yeti. Uh, At the end of the day, I do want all of us drinking enough water to get through the day. For me, the Yeti is has high value because, yeah, it's a little bit more, but the warranty is longer. i um, able just to fill it up once a day, and then I'm good to go. And then, um, yeah, it's easy to clean. So check out Yeti or any of the others that you have gotten good reviews. If you can't hear in the comments, let me know what are some of the products that you're using as far as water or hydration is considered that you feel have worked for you. Not just water bottles, but also like I I've used noon tabs or LMNT, so like water adjacent products, electrolytes, things like that that you feel have been helpful for you. I'd love to hear about those here in the comments. Um, I I was I was part of a really great experience the other day. I wanted to share with you guys. Uh, I'm gonna call this the hero of the week. So my homie, Evan Childs, uh is a human like no other, uh, in many, many ways, but uh Hero in general, right? So Hero of the Week. Heroes, if you look in literature, one of the things that makes the hero the hero is the return. And so the hero is supposed to go out, fight these battles, learn, have this amazing journey, and then come back and give to the people of the community environment that they came from. So it's not just that the hero gets to learn, but the community gets to learn from the benefit of what they learned. Right. And my homie Evan. Has through fitness. Through designing. She has built an amazing brand. And life for herself. And I have a young homie. My my buddy Jay. Who is also into fashion design. He's He's got his own brand right now. That's really booming. You should check both of them out. They'll be in the description. No matter where you're listening or watching. Um. Evan has Alpha Forward, and uh, Jay has Clouded Dreams, and, you know, he is a hustler, and so much of his energy reminds me of Evan's, so I reach out to her, and was like, yo, my boy DJ's in town, do you mind sitting and talking with him just for a little bit, you know, she set aside like 30-40 minutes, but we got into the room, and it was electric. She ended up spending like three hours with him. She went over like product and launching and like reason ways that he could build his business. Now, this kid's 16, running a fairly successful business. And you could see in him just soaking it up like a sponge. But you could see the loop because he was soaking up her information, but she was soaking up the story and the energy. You could see like, oh, if I was sick, like she just kept 16. Now, you know, access to Shopify and things like that when we were 16 wasn't that available. But she's like, man, like, I don't even know if I had that mentality yet. And she's feeding off his energy, and you could see the loop just continuing the flow. But for her to take the, I mean, for her to take apart, to take, set aside the time to go into such detail, to pour into someone else uh, as she would have wanted, it was, Beautiful to see their interaction and their growth together in that moment. I was sitting back just like, wow, it was it was like it was a flying wall. I almost got to the point, not even almost, I was at the point where I was just watching the interaction. Watch like, oh, come on in. And they're they're locked in. They're locked in, like they're making the greatest piece of music or art because that is theirs. And so watching my homie Evan, uh, who's been so helpful with many things for me, but this specifically, like, it's easy to write a check. It's, if you have it, right? It's easy to say good job or, like, but but to to set aside time to help someone that you don't know in that way, it was beautiful. Shout out to the Hero of the Week, Evan Childs. Make sure you go check out anything that she has. Um, She makes, she has a great female apparel line. Uh, Like, I would say athleisure, but also some really kick-ass premium quality stuff. Uh, that's big for her overall, like quality above all, uh, and inexpensive, like the quality and value there insane. I wear a lot of her. It's made for women. I wear a lot of her gear that I can, it fits me, uh, fits me. All right. That's So when people are asking like, how do you look so good? Bros, the shirt sounds <laughs> okay. <laughs> go check out alpha four, go check out clouded dreams for those two. Before we get out of here, I want to share a story about, uh, last week, someone had asked me, Hey, you know, do you believe in time travel and like other dimensions? And I hadn't thought about that in super depth, but this is what came to mind almost instantly. And I went off on this tan, but just not even a rant, it just flowed from me. And I realized it's something that, uh, in the true warrior community, in the true society, is kind of the foundation of what we try and do. So, the easy answer is I do believe in different dimensions. I'm not necessarily time travel, but I do believe in different dimensions. But differently than most people. I think the idea for a lot of people is like you go into this other dimension and, you know, maybe a version of yourself is there, but then everyone else around you is different and it's not the world that you're in, but it's this mm-hmm. other world. And I think that for me dimensional travel is actually within yourself. Um, It's that me versus me mentality that's in the code of warriors. It's the responsibility and accountability that's also there in our community. It's in your brain, right? So if we look at some other people and we even said it out loud, what world are they on, right? Like the Kanye's, what world are they on, right? That's not the world. Well, no, they are in my mind, in my viewpoint in a different dimension and where that happens to me is in your brain so right now when you wake up you probably have the same four or five things that you do every single day and then after that you're probably seeing a very consistent thread of things that you're doing every single day until it sometimes feel feels life is kind of on this continuous loop and that is not only just your actions but your brain working in succession like you're at the job at you're at the job or in the career or at the school or what you do on a regular basis is what your brain is telling you that you deserve is your highest level of value and how you value yourself whether subconsciously or not i don't see a different truth so the other dimensions in my point of view is changing the circuitry. So I mentioned earlier, like, I got ass weapons as a kid. Now, where I see the two different dimensions is, let's think about looking at two different people. Two people, let's say, will be a, cool, let's see, let's think traumatic. Okay, so two people see their mom get beat, right? Their mom getting hit growing up as a kid. One person says I'm never going to hit my mom. The other says, "Well, that's how we treat women." At the end of the day, it wasn't the action that triggered it because when we see an action, not everyone takes the same reaction. It was the person who decided now. Did the kid need to see that? No. But it was the person who decided, "This is how I act," or "This is how I uh, but I, or I shouldn't act this way." And in the same fashion, the things that have happened to us, we are now reacting to in the present based on those things in the past. And I'm not saying that that's off or shouldn't happen or whatnot, but that's, what's happening. Most of us are functioning in a past present. Like our actions are based on things that have happened to us, right? We talked about getting ass whoopens. Well, I'm afraid of authority because in the past I've been hit. So I'm just going to listen blindly to the, to getting extra additional work to someone putting their stuff on me. and the cycle continues. I think where we jump to another dimension is when we, in the true true society, we call it scratching the surface. When we're willing to go against the grain of that current idea of who we are, that's when we start to change. And it's not like, oh my God, I don't think it happened. it's happening. I don't think it's Happens instantly, like crossing a time wave. But once we are able to change the thoughts of what we're capable of, and then the actions of that, because it really comes down to a choice. In this moment, I'm going to choose, but in the moment, you have to choose. You can't choose based on that past, present life. So in the moment, this is what I want, not what I think I deserve, not what I think I'm allowed not like those things deserve. That means it's based on something else allowed. That's based on something else in the moment. This is what I want. And the more consistently that we act in accordance to who we want to be and less on who we think we are currently, I think we start to what I would believe is leaping dimensions because once we change, fundamentally, which people say can't happen, but there's research that shows that neuroplasticity or the ability to change your brain or change your mind can happen into our sixties, right? Once we change that part of us, then the world around us changes. And it seems like, oh my God, I'm in a different world. Well, no, you are different in the world. So why would the world continue to react? When you set clear boundaries, people are going to either get on or get out. So the world starts to look different because you are acting different within the world. So I don't see dimensional changes or time changes in the way that we're seeing them in movies. I see you're changing your dimension, almost like a vibrational change. People know not, it's like RBF. Like we all know RBF and we look at some, "Ah, I'm not going to mess with that person. And whatever I thought I was going to do or whatever, like some people just know, right? You see certain people, you just, "Mm, mm, mm, nah, that's their vibration right now you're interpreting it, but that's how I'm seeing it is as soon as you begin to change and consistently do it. But that old version of yourself, that small child of yourself that's begging and pleading, we have to make peace. We have to move on. We have to forgive. We have to not forget, but we cannot continue to choose based on someone else or based on the Version of ourself that is in the past, but what we want in the present that was a lot. I know that was a lot. Uh, I can break that down further if anyone knows. I'd love to hear what other people think about that idea that really dimensional travel is really in the brain. The idea that you changing what you're doing, what you're thinking, the atmosphere around you allows you to jump dimensions into creating a new world around you hmm. Take that into the week. Everyone out there, I really appreciate you tuning in. I love this new format of the show, and I look forward to enjoying more like this. Make sure to like, subscribe, shit all of the things that you can. Please do that. I'm going to take a sip of the Yeti and uh, take off, but you guys, be well. Yeah, I'm going like that, I think.